Hello everybody and welcome to Spiritual Lanyap. This is a series from the Peace of Christ Sermons podcast and we are Peace of Christ Church located in Round Rock, Texas. We are a small but mighty community seeking to extend total love and total inclusion to our community and for that to just reverberate outward to the rest of the world. This is Spiritual Lanyap and I am lead pastor of Peace of Christ Church, Aurelia, and I have here with me Matthew. Hello, pastor of Community Care. And Fran. I'm Fran, I'm pastor of Worship and Liturgy. And we are really excited about today's conversation because we are interviewing Preston Cox. Preston is a leader in our community and I want Preston to introduce himself because he, I I don't even know where to start. You do, (laughs) tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Uh, so many things. So my name is Preston Cox. I am from here in Austin. Um, I am a former minister turned marketer for a petting zoo uh, and now <laughs> wannabe story. hipster uh, that lives in a tiny house with uh, three dogs and a cat and my beautiful wife, Sarah. Um, and we're recording this in a tiny house. And we're house. recording this in Wait, a tiny house. Wait, what's a tiny house? <laughs> <laughs> My tiny house is uh, 399 square feet on the east side of Austin. So uh, we've been living here for about six months. And it's been a really neat journey of minimalism and simplification and all that. And so, but yeah, so that's kind of like the, the 30,000 foot view of who I am. Oh, wow. Um, so Preston, how did we meet? We met, yeah, we met by way of my deconstruction process, um, coming out of a, uh, a worship ministry job uh, where uh, I just was ready for a change, and I was actually looking to plant a church in Austin. That was kind of the goal, was to plant churches that, um, you know, were uh, inclusive and loving and open, and I had a really good friend who was a uh, mutual friend of Kyle, former pastor of Peace Christ Church, and he said, hey, you and Kyle should get together because y'all are super like like each other, <laughs> and y'all would be awesome. And so we kind of knew about Peace of Christ heading out, and we said, well, let's go around and see what other people are doing just to kind of get some ideas for how we might plan our church. And we went to Peace of Christ and ended up staying, <laughs> you know, which was awesome because we said, you know, if, if Peace is doing this, there's no reason for us to put another piece up the road 15 minutes and do the exact same thing that you guys were going to do. So I love that we have that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we just ended up sticking around and staying. That was it awesome. is every church starts dream to inherit into the fold, not inherit, I don't know what the right word is, but someone who had the drive and the vision and the motivation to start an entire church and then for that person that family to just decide to go join in on the work that you're doing we really hit the jackpot with you and sarah (laughs) um but yeah so preston you are writing a book you've written a book called a big little something which is a children's book about the meditation practice loving kindness yeah and you have a Kickstarter out there right now, mm-hmm. which everyone go there and contribute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We need to, we'll put those links out on all our social media. We already have, but we'll do it yeah, again. Awesome. But tell us about the book. Tell us the story. Tell us what it's about. Tell us your inspiration. Yeah. So I've, I've wanted to write a kid's book for some time. I, I the, the idea came from multiple different locations. So I was a tutor at a uh, low-income, uh, at-risk kids center uh, when I was working at the previous church when I was at. 
and spent majority of my time uh, on Tuesdays reading books to kids and just really fell in love with kids literature like I really I really like it and there was something about it it's like I think I can do something like this like I would really like there was some stuff that I was playing with in my head but I always thought yeah that might be something I want to do uh, and then we had a friend uh, and if she listens to this Kim McSpadden hey out there uh, Kim kept sending us a message she has three little girls that are our godchildren sort of and uh, kept sending me pictures of books that her little girls were reading and said you can do better than this <laughs> you can write this yeah. you, here's something that you can you could do and so it was just just that keep pushing and pushing and so I, I had this idea um, to write a loving kindness meditation I, I thought I just kept thinking about what 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 does the world need right now and I, I just kept thinking kindness grace inclusion um, and how do we learn that and I just I just kept wondering, like, I wonder if there's something for kids um, where they could learn these skills early so you, you could have it almost coded into you. We, we teach about things like love and, and grace and, and kindness and mercy to kiddos at churches and, and school and, you know, the golden rule. But I wanted to get, take it deeper than that and really wanted to provide uh, families a tool uh, by which they could communicate with kids and I, I, I see this book being used in a number of different contexts uh, you know where, whether it's a parent reading to a child or um, somebody mentioned like oh this would be great for therapy I was like oh that's brilliant I love that idea like to be to be able to read this to a child in therapy to help them um, encode loving kindness into themselves would be awesome so that's kind of where it came from um, and how it was birthed and I was like, man, this would be would be fun to do, and so yeah, here I am. Wonderful, <laughs> yeah. That um, practice of loving kindness as a coping skill, I yeah. can see that being just a really beautiful thing to lean into. So I have the great privilege of having been an advanced reader of this <laughs> book, and mm-hmm. I do think it is very lovely and very helpful. And um, one of the things I really like about it, this is just to share, this isn't necessarily a question to you, but just to share, one of the things I really like about it is that um, it starts within Mm -hmm. and you tell yourself loving kindnesses, loving kind things, and then gradually it moves bigger and bigger and reverberates outward Mm -hmm. to where you might encompass and and start learning just a a practical, meditative way of enfolding the world in loving kindness and i really appreciate that about yeah. the arc of the story of the book yeah and that's that's the traditional form of what loving kindness is is it is a it is a start small and build outwards and i think that's yeah. how love starts in the world anyway um i had written something the other day um that there was a, there's a songwriter that i really like um named andy Golahorn who wrote a, a song that says in the lyrics, um, if I'm going, if I want to see the world to change, I need to start loving local. And I think even more than just like loving neighbor, it's like loving self. And Sarah, my wife, always says uh, we do really crappy jobs at loving our neighbors because we don't know how to love ourselves. And I've really just kind of run into that more recently. I've never had any like self self esteem issues personally, but I've run into so many people saying like how how they view themselves and how they've you know they they've had wrong stuff coded into them or bad theology coded into them and just kind of want to rework that and, and really start with i'm loved i'm valuable i'm capable of loving and then move outward from that and so yeah it's it's kind of the model and the map of loving kindness yeah and it's the antidote i think or an antidote to the shame that we're all the legacy of shame and guilt that a lot of religion has put on us as adults 
that we're pushing back against mm-hmm. as we raise our own kids in a more, um, well, just a less shame-filled way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's because we're here in this beautiful community with you know campers and RVs and tiny homes, yeah. and, and I'm missing camping right now. <laughs> But the metaphor in my mind is one of hiking. And, and hmm. back up a step, I want to talk a little bit about the author behind this book. Yeah. Right, you. So uh, you call yourself a former minister, and yet you're still using theology yeah. and theological paradigms and theological language. So what I wonder is on this hiking journey you've been taking, maybe you started taking a lot of junk on your hike you didn't need. I know I do. Like yeah. Extra socks, a spool of rope, whatever. And somewhere along the hike, you drop things and you go, I just don't need that crap. Mm-hmm. And then some things you hold on to or pick up. Yeah. And so I wonder, you could talk broadly about your journey or about in writing this book. What did you drop along the path and go, I just don't need this anymore? Mm-hmm. And what have you held on to or picked up? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, one of the things that that I'm so grateful that was put in into me as a young child was that God loves me. Just, you know, this is a simple song we sing that, that Jesus loves me, this I know. Um, that that blossomed later in life for me. It was somewhere in college where that really took root. And so I think there were things that fell off along the way, theologically, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could pinpoint any one thing, but definitely felt a lighter weight as the love of God transformed me and kind of elevated me um, and started realizing how much depth there is to that love and breadth too. It's just how wide it is. Um, and that everybody is is welcomed into that that ocean of love, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but yeah, I think... I think if there was any one thing, that's why this this topic of loving kindness resonates so deeply with me. Because I think it is, as Frank said, is the antidote to the mm-hmm. things that we're dealing with, the division and the the crass talk and just the not being able to communicate with each other. I think it comes back to if we can see another person as someone who is um, capable of being loved and is deserving of our love. Um, that that changes a lot of things in the way that we view people. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I don't want to take up too much time, but one more quick follow-up: yep. intersections between all of that and this book, and how you and Sarah now have organized your life yeah. in this yeah. community. Are there inter- intersections there? Yeah, I think so. Um, we've we've really been challenged to to extend our lives to our neighbors and be more present in the lives of our neighbors. Um, and so there is definitely an intersection at, just at that, just being being open to neighboring. Um, but even more so, opening ourselves up to people who have been excluded in our lives before um, of different nationalities or, or orientations or identities or political parties for that matter. And so just trying to include more people in our circle um, makes this... Uh, all the more interesting, you know, the loving kindness, and it makes it real life at that point. Mm-hmm. So I have a which came first, the, the <laughs> question. Yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, to be clear, you guys, you sold everything you had. Just nearly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lived in a three-bedroom house and uh-huh. up in Georgetown and so pretty much sold it all and moved to a tiny home and just have really done this radical change in how you live life and all the things that you've kind of 
dreamt of doing. You've said this is possible, so mm-hmm. let's make all the changes to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm wondering which came first, the meditation practice that inspired it or the space to then practice the meditation? No, yeah, the space, the space first, for sure. Um, so I, I'm to, to say that I am a, a meditation practitioner is very generous. <laughs> That's a very generous uh, uh, you know, adjective to give to me. Um, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not a great meditation person. I, I need people to guide me, which is one of the reasons why I, I wrote this tool. Is because I, I prefer a guided meditation. Um, to just sit by myself is no good. I'm I'm all over the place, and so um, I, I prefer the tool. Um, so yeah, the I think we started learning how to clear space, and it started uh, honestly it started with clearing calendars, uh, learning how to how to create space and calendar. Um, and create Sabbath in the midst of being a pastor uh, at a church that was constantly, you know, asking you to do things, which was fine. That was just the pastor life. And, but we started to create margin intentionally, which then turned into um, creating space in our finances and our things and um, just, just life in general. And it has consumed us. Meditation just falls right in there, though, just as a practice to learn how to create that space inwardly now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all connected, I think. Yeah. But the 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 transformation started happening before the practice of meditation happened. So it's just really interesting to think about. Yeah. What are some any other catalysts that just you know? I say it's a big little something just to have the courage to have yeah. a book in your heart in your mind and then to actually put it into the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that change in your life was probably a catalyst mm-hmm. is there anything else that yeah. inspired you to actually put it out there and yeah and to put it on kickstarter to ask people hey <laughs> support me help me <laughs> there are certainly a cer- uh, things that triggered us to to do all things we're doing i read a book um i don't know about two years ago a donald miller book called um a million miles a million miles in a thousand years or vice versa i can't remember which one it is you can find it it's, it's his reflections on them producing a movie about his life and realizing how much um, he was not living his life. Um, and it really undid me. And I, I kind of went into this, this uh, it sounds morbid, but I started thinking a lot about death um, and what, what my life means now. Um, knowing that death is coming for all of us. Um, I, I lost a parent um, very early. My mom was very young when she died. Um, Sarah lost her mom uh, about, I uh, can't remember how many years now, um, but uh, just in the, since we moved here to Austin. Um, and so we, we both kind of live with this urgency that there is something um, that's coming for us and we need to do something about it. And so that's what, what said, why not now? Um, especially to like selling our stuff, moving into Austin, um, resigning from a job that was a well-paying, secure job. Like, you know, just it doesn't make any sense to do what we were doing. Um, and so we just started taking some steps to be able to unpack all that. The book in general has been just kind of floating around. And uh, we've, we've talked before in, in our community, talked about Rachel Held Evans passing um, this last week or week before and how that really brought stuff up in me. It, it, it affected me more than I knew. Um, because she was not much older than me. She's 37 and I'm 31. And this made me think like, I, I have stuff that I gotta be doing right now. Like there's, there's things that, that need to be done. And so we just said, if, if we have the means by which we can publish a book and we think we have the support, 
let's just do it if you have the idea. Yeah. And so I did it. Uh, and so and that's kind of how we've lived life now is just take the risk and do it and what can happen, you know. Live in the present. Yeah, yeah, for real. And Rachel held Evan's passing really struck me as well. And I had this epiphany that, my goodness, we need to be carrying that mantle now mm-hmm. because she's not here to do it for us. Yeah, exactly. So I, I certainly felt more responsibility as well. Uh, yeah, I did too. I did too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's part of this is just I feel like there, there's things that we need to be doing. Um, and I think that this church can provide some of those things. And this the people that we have in our church can provide those things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really cool to be a part of that, that community. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people had epiphanies, and I know her book, Searching for Sunday, entered the mm-hmm. the New York Times top ten bestseller oh, wow, yeah. uh, last week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, a very small, tiny silver lining would be that people are are putting more of their action into the world and mm-hmm. their intention into the world. Um, another person that you mentioned in, as an inspiration for this book was Sharon Salzberg. Sharon Salzberg, yeah. And real ha- her book, Real Happiness, mm-hmm. is a great beginner place to start for meditation for adults. I think so. Um, and, and Sarah, my wife, has, has read it uh, more in-depth than I have. She actually went through a class. That's how we <coughs> introduced to it and introduced to meditation as a practice in general. Um, and, yeah, I think Sarah, Sharon Salzberg's uh, – she actually has a book called Loving Kindness. I have not read it. I've read parts of it. Um, but I can recommend it blindly oh, wow. because okay. I trust the things that she does. Yeah. Um, but she's been on podcasts and has videos and teachings and stuff yeah. and just very gentle, very kind spirit that, that inspired some of this um, in the way that she writes about loving kindness. Yeah. And she's a Buddhist. And she's, yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she's a practicing yeah. Buddhist teacher. She, you guys lent me your copy mm-hmm. and I quickly bought my own. I've already bought copies <laughs> for other people and I've committed to reading it twice a year for oh, the rest wow. of my life. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's awesome. a really good book. It needs to go on the, uh, yeah, on our And I'm like reading. you, I'm the worst. We could ha- we could do a competition to see okay. which is the worst meditator. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that's really great though to know about yourself to say I need a guide. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And that's just fine. Like you don't have to feel like meditation is unattainable or like you're a failure as a meditator if you can't sit in silence yeah. with no headphones on or, you know, whatever right. for 20 or 30 minutes. Right. I don't think that's yes. true. I think that's a construct that somehow we absorb by osmosis that's not actually true. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tr- the, you know, what's so radical about meditation, which is what you said, it, it creates space inside of your being so that you can receive something new that wasn't yeah. there before. Mm-hmm. And however you can get to that space, I mean, that's, I, I guess maybe I'm a little preachy about meditation, but I just think <laughs> however you can get into that space yeah. of, of, of creating space inside your heart. Yeah. All whether it yeah. takes a guided meditation right. or a walk or a yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever, you, whatever it takes. I think all of us were, are creative, whether we know it or not. Most of us need some kind of permission to tap into that. And mm-hmm. so that's what she did was she made it accessible. And so now here you are making something accessible for children. Yeah. And uh, we've between us, we've got six kids sitting yeah. around this table. So we're very excited. We need this book is happening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have five kids. I wasn't going to correct her. Maybe eventually. (laughs) No, but tell us more about the book. Like, what is your favorite part? Do you have a piece you can read to us? What does it look like? What? Tell us about it. How many pages is it? 
I, I found my illustrator uh, online with the Freelancer Network, and uh, uh, she's done a great job. It's a really fun, um, like there, it's a kind of a watercolored, like almost like a, it almost looks like tissue paper. Like it's really cool, uh, portrait style. Um, and it's on the Kickstarter. If you go and look, there's some there's some stuff, and there's a fun little Easter egg that Sarah's actually in the book as an illustrated character, um, and so that's going to be super fun. And um, but yeah, I, I I actually I think that's going to be my favorite part is illustrating this because that was the thing that, that's the reason why I'm doing a picture book and not a th- theology book. Um, I have interest to maybe write a theology book one day. I would love to, Which to be able to. Which is going to be the, qu- the next yeah. question I was going to ask. Yeah. I would be, love to be like a, a writer, you know, of like, no- not novels, but like nonfiction. That was always been a, a dream of mine. But um, the picture book side, like the actual, the photo, like the drawings of this are going to be so, so mm-hmm. great. Because I think it's not only, um, it's not only going to communicate to the kids, especially like the younger kids who don't may, may not understand it. Um, you know, what am I, what is my little something to give? Well, we, we illustrate it as a heart given to the next person on the next page mm-hmm. and they change because that heart's given to them. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, the colors around them are brighter and f- more fun and they, it, it, it has an impact. And so that's what the, what I'm most excited about is seeing how the illustrations play out mm-hmm. because the text is a text that you could probably make up anywhere, um, that, that if you just follow loving kindness meditation, you could probably come up with this text. But um, the way that we've arranged it, and I think the, the images that my illustrator is going to add are going to be really, really awesome and fun. And so, yeah, that's the thing I'm most excited about for, for sure. Hmm. Well, we are super excited. I think it's yellow. Is it yellow? Or is that just Look, your graphic? No, that's just my graphic. Okay, well, my, I wanted it to catch my on favorite color is yellow. My daughter's favorite color is yellow. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we expect I, a yellow. I figured, I figured <laughs> yellow would really pop on people's it's new good, school, it's so. good. It's yeah. good. It's good. So, um, did you know that your Kickstarter pledge? Did I hit a thousand? Has been. Yay! That's awesome. <laughs> I knew I was at ninety-one when we started, so that's fun. Whoever gave the last thousand, maybe this is a nice form. It may have been a few people sitting around this table. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, but I, it is yeah, officially sure. going to print yeah. as of right now. That's exciting. Thank right? you. That's super exciting. Right? Yeah. That's, super that's it. That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. The, the funds are going to be really be helpful as we consider how to, because I want to print something. If I'm doing this, I want to do it. You know, I think Fran, her book that she wrote is the same way. Just like, if you're going to do it, don't, don't go halfway. Do it all the way. Beauty matters. Yeah, it matters. And so let's, let's do it. Sarah said it the other day. Let's do it hardback. Like, even if you don't hit your goal, let's do it hardback because yeah. that's what you want. Yes. So we're going to yes. do it hardback. Thank we're going to do it. Thank you, Sarah. We're going to put it online. <laughs> we're going to try to get it in a few stores around town. And oh, you're going to. It's going to be great. Can you, so can people still give? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the more it goes over, this means more copies that I get to make. Um, the more time we get to spend on things like illustrations and, we're not as constrained by um, the finances that were there before. So it's nice to have the extra funds, and so don't be deterred by the... Uh, you can still get it. The way we built the Kickstarter was um, you get you get a book if you give. And so it's like a pre-order almost. And so now we've confirmed that everybody's going to get their book, so that's yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, so exciting. Does anyone else have any other questions or Preston? No, I'm just, uh, it's, it's been great to be able to be a part of this community that's helped kind of nurture this thing. And so I've, I've been really inspired by the Peace Kids. Um, mm-hmm. And we have, I was never at a church really that did like kids sermons and that sort of thing. We always had kids going elsewhere. And so uh, one of the things that really uh, inspired us at Peace was watching uh, children receive communion. 
Um, and like, mm-hmm. I was, I would just lose it. Like every time the first six months we were there or whatever, um, just watching these little kids come up and receive communion and, uh, it was just, it just undid me. So this is in part f- for them and, uh, inspired by them. Oh, so we're super yay. excited. That's I beautiful. love that. Thank you so much for saying <laughs> that. That's a gift to us really as is. the pastors of this church, <laughs> but also as parents of kids at the church. Yeah. And, um, we're so grateful to have you and Sarah, a part of our family our community you guys add so much to the mix and and thank you for sitting down with us yeah thanks appreciate it okay all right that's a wrap that's it until next time peace peace